Welcome to Raya's Paradise Podcast. I'm here with Monica Westfall, uh, Chief Operating Officer at Raya's Paradise. Uh, good morning and welcome. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, Moti. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, today today's podcast, uh, the topic for today's podcast, podcast will be obstacles families face with place... Let me rephrase that. Obstacles families face with placement in a brand new community. So, Monica, since uh, we do, did open a brand new community in San Clemente, um, I prepared a few questions, and I okay. hopefully these questions will um, be able to educate our listeners or guests. Um, so, here, here here's uh, one important one, and that is, um, what are the challenges families are faced placing a loved one in a brand new community? You know, Mochi, there's a list of them. And so our community has been open for four or five months now. And uh, we've had quite a bit of families come through. And uh, there's, a, there's a broad, you know, list of questions that they'll ask. And they can be related to anywhere from uh, the food or caregivers or the rooms or even the simple thing of not having enough residents. So how do you ensure that this, this because it's a new building uh, and the staffings are new, you know, the yeah. staff are new, um, how do you ensure that the staff uh, get the properly tr- training uh, and the direction how to care for staff, whether it's a nurse or um, cook or LVN or CNA or okay. whoever it may be? Yeah, so that's a great question because a lot of families are asking that. So. When we first started to, um, we were started going through orientation with some of our new staff members, even way before getting any residents. Uh, all of our caregivers, staff, any any department went through a full two week of training, and that we covered everything from uh, the resident rights to how to report abuse, how to deal with difficult and challenging uh, behaviors, um, how do you you know talk to new families, how do you talk to new residents, so. That was at the beginning. How do we do it now? It still continues. So we go through the process of interviewing the staff. Um, if they're a good fit for the community, then we offer them you know, the position. We send them off to fingerprints. They have to be background checked. They have to go to get a physical to ensure that they're well enough to be able to care for a residence. Um, once all that is back, then we bring them into the community and we start orientation. Everybody still goes through the two weeks of orientation. But let me let me remind um, our families, um, not only did we do that at the beginning and we continue to do that, but it's a continual training that we put um, our staff through. So on a weekly basis or maybe bi-weekly basis, we cover a topic. Um, it could be that I'm that even I'm going in and covering a topic about how do we deal with a challenging behavior? How do we redirect? Because we want to make sure that our staff is continuously trained just because they were hired and we brought them aboard and we put them in their department doesn't mean that they don't need any further training. So that means that every associate that works uh, at Raya's gets their initial initial training and then they get the ongoing training? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, is this also part of, um, is this part of what we do or is it part, part of the requirement that licensing requires or is it, or there is something that licensing requires but we go above and beyond what licensing requires. Yeah. What's our protocol? In yeah, this? That's, that's a good question as well. So yes, yeah, so licensing requires that we do 20 hours annually for um, continual education. Is there a specific 
There's different topics. Okay. Yes. So some of them could be related to dementia. Some of them could be re- related to um, hygiene and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go above and beyond. So we continue the, the training. So we don't just do 20 hours. We'll look for any topic that we can. Again, um, I'm going in in a couple of weeks and doing a refresher on how do we deal with challenging behaviors. As you get new residents into the community, not everybody knows how to deal with the difference of the residents in the memory care. So another training to all staff, not just the staff in the memory unit. So in a new community, what are, uh, is there like any ch- difference between a community that has just opened versus a community that is at capacity in terms of uh, activities and engagement? Yeah, there's a big difference. So when you first open a community versus having one that's already established, your established community already has a set of programs. You already have the residents that are kind of telling you what they like and what they don't like. Um, and you base your program activity on that. In a new community, you kind of don't know. So you kind of start with a fresh slate um, and you put activities you know, on an activity calendar and then you start to approach the residents and say, would you like this? And then you take a tally of whether or not they, it's well attended, it's not well attended. Um, and so then you start to re, uh, go through your activity program based on what the residents like and what they don't like. So basically it's a learning as you go through with the residents as to what they like to do. So is there like some sort of a uh, meeting between the engagement coordinator and the residents that reside in the community as to what they like and what they don't like? Yes. Like- so um, licensing requires that we do what's called a resident council meeting. However, the residents have to request to want to do that. But what we have done, um, even though the community has only been open four months, is we started the resident council meetings right from the get-go. So what we have been able to do is, as residents moved in, we've been able to sit them down and say, okay, these are the activities that are on the calendar. What are some of the things that you guys want to see happen or what you want to do so that we can plug them into the calendar? So that has actually helped us get more feedback and get it quicker from the residents instead of them voicing that they don't like something. How often this uh, resident council meeting is held? Once a month. It's monthly. Once a month, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, as I understand, this resident council meeting, also part of the resident council meeting, the, and I don't know if it's done in the same resident council meeting or a separate one, but same applies to the food or the culinary part of it, right? Which they, they meet with a chef. Yeah, so um, good point. And in and, and here we can address... You know, some of the families will come in and say, well, how do you ensure that the food tastes good? You know, my mother lives or my father is really, um, you know, lives on good quality food. Mm-hmm. Or they'll come, families, new families will ask the question of how do you follow a specific diet? My mom can't be on no salt, low sodium, or maybe a diabetic diet. Um, So let's go back to touching on the food council. We do have food council meeting. And yes, the chef comes in and that's also one time. So is that the same meeting? Nope. A separate meeting? Nope, separate meeting on a different day. Okay. So we announce it and say we're having a food council meeting. And at that meeting, the residents can voice, I don't want like, we don't like this on the menu. We like this. And with that meeting, we waited at least a month or a month and a half because we wanted to try out the menu. So um, after we did have the first food council meeting, the chef knew and he went back and adjusted the menu so it's helpful for us to know if the residents are liking the food or they're not liking the food because we can adjust the menu okay sounds good well uh that's that's very important i mean we've got to make sure because food is a big 
item. Very big. And again, families are coming through saying, well, can you guys handle, you know, the different diets? And another thing that I'm seeing is because the community is brand new and it's, you know, a beautiful community, it kind of resembles a hotel. Um, And or, you know, people will come through and say, how you you can't possibly take care of my loved one and so if i go back and educate them and say what what tell me some of the needs that your loved one has and they'll say well they need a special diet or they need a renal diet or they need a diabetic diet the best part about it is our chef knows exactly what to do how to talk to them again more training we train on all of this and it's just educating the family that we can take care of the special diets in the community Great. So, um, well, that's that's great to know. And actually, I think it's going to be very informative because, yeah, the community, since we do not have a sign in front yet, yeah. uh, a lot of people think think it's a hotel. And uh, hopefully our monument sign will come up sometimes in February, will be up and standing. So uh, people will have a better idea as to what this building is all about. Yeah. But with that, I know that um, some families and some residents uh, claim that some of the rooms are small. And what, what do you do about it? What, or how, what do you have to say about it? So good question. Thank you for asking. So yes, families will come through and they'll come through with their loved one. And the, the mom or dad might say, this room is way too small. I can't have this room. Um, I have a lot more space. My house is, I don't know, 3,000 square feet and I've been living in it for 30 years. How do you want me to live in a room that's only 200 square feet? So the reason that our rooms are so small and we put the community... I, 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 think, I think it's a little bigger than 200 square feet. Just using an approximation. So um, the reason we put, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the reason we put the community together with the rooms like this, um, and we did four living living quarters. corridors. So, Not quarters, quarters, yeah. Um, so yeah. basically out of every room, there's a full dining room with a, you know living room and they can eat there and there's a balcony on every floor so the concept behind why we did this was for them to have their room to sleep in to rest in but mainly spend most of their time outside of those rooms it they we did not put this community together for them to spend and isolate themselves so we all saw um, obviously very important recently through covid a lot of residents were very lonely and isolated in their rooms because they couldn't do a whole lot Um, so our concept and goal is is that when a resident moves in they acclimate immediately or you know as quickly as they can to other residents to the staff by doing the activities or sitting out in the main living room area going to the dining room going to the first floor sitting out in the balcony going to the rooftop which is beautiful and enjoying the community one of the bigger things i always tell families or i'll tell the potential resident is the whole community is your home. It's not just that one bedroom. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's important to socialize, interact, uh, and uh, because uh, most people, not most people, a lot of residents or elderly, they do suffer from depression. And I think by being engaged with other, I think it, it helps with it. Yes, and you know we have found obviously in the last four months that we've had re- some residents move in is they'll come through and they'll say you know I don't really have anybody but it's really again this is where you get the activity department and you start the, implementing these meetings which is really important 
um, to have them socialize with other residents and then the staff. And then all of a sudden it becomes, it is their home. They're sitting in the living room. They're sitting in the dining room. Yeah, I think there's a, it's a, there's an adjustment curve that once uh, they, they move in and they realize that there's more to it than just your room, I think they, they realize and they recognize the fact that, uh, yeah, a ginormous room is not what's going to make you well and everything. No. I think it's the whole package. Right. And I think um, all of our residents who are there now and the alert ones um, in assisted living area, they, they're doing very well. They interact. They go on outings with our engagement. And I think they're doing quite well and, and they're very happy. Uh, yes. And I do, uh, you know, I've had several uh, family members come through and residents who will occupy both of the rooms and for different reasons. Um, you know, everybody has a different reason why they want either just one room or they want to the bottom line is all of the staff is there, the care is there, the nursing team is there, and so they're getting all of the attention and more that they need um, in this big, beautiful community. So I also get asked the question a lot is, you don't have enough residents, right? Because it's, it's new. a new community. So how how is my mom gonna feel? You know, what am I gonna do? So again, one of those, how to answer the question for that family is, we're going to center your mom's admission on her needs, her daily needs. Why does your mom need to be here? And then once mom or dad gets into the community, it's really ensuring that they're socializing and not just spending all their time in their room. Because in assisted living, it's easy very easy for a resident to just isolate and stay in their room. Especially in the larger communities where there's 100, 120 beds, you know, it's really easy to fall through the cracks. Uh, with us, you know, we're, we are only, uh, we only have 40 rooms in this building and it's very boutique and we really know exactly what people are doing. We actually, our system determines how, uh, how long a resident stays or spends yes. time in a room and it actually alerts us if it's more than X amount, whatever we trigger the alert to, to notify us. But I think, um, if you ask me, I think it's better. It's it, it, like I said. I think it's better to to be on the radar at all times by living in a smaller community because then we know exactly how you're doing or you know um, why are you spending too much time in the room? Are you engaging with uh, being engaged with other residents and staff? So I think it's it's um, too big. I don't think it's healthy. Too small. I don't think it's healthy. But I think. The middle is it's just the perfect kind of uh, uh, setup. I, you know, some again, another question that's another great question that's asked through families is, you know, what is, they'll say, Monica, what's your opinion on a small community versus larger community? And I always go back to the family and say, you know your loved one better than we do. You know, these are the these are the pros with having a smaller community. These are the cons. And so for some residents, it's great to be in a smaller, intimate setting. And for some residents, they just need that larger space. So it's really going to be based on everybody's on individual needs. Yeah, everybody's individual needs. So yeah. if for some residents, it's great to have a smaller environment. For some, it's not. And I'm glad that you touched on the Care Predict because that is um, that has been a really good key or, or uh, tool that we, has been very, very uh, helpful. helpful in the community to the point where we even had uh, markers put up on the rooftop so we can identify that there's residents up on the rooftop so that has been very very useful that uh, that device so with that said you know now the families are looking um, how so how does the family member knows or what should trigger an alert to a family member or responsible party when is the time to place a loved one in a in a community uh, rather than living at home. 
Um, another great question. Um, so, you know, in all my years of doing this, I've been a social worker for years, uh, 25 plus years. And, um, this question is a very common question. And so my answer to the family is the minute that you start to recognize that your mom or dad or loved one, whoever it is that you're looking um, after, you're starting to, um, need to assist them with more and more things on a daily pattern, for instance, mom's calling saying, I can't, I can't cook for myself anymore. I can't go to the grocery store. Um, I can't sleep at night and I can't, I'm having a hard time getting up at night. When the family starts to see those things, those are probably the biggest signs. Yeah. It's more like safety and also isolation. A hundred percent. That really, uh, can take a, a quick turn to the yeah. decline in the decline direction where we know, and, and a lot of families, a lot of families or maybe even residents will, will at first say, no, I want to stay at home. But then once they come, it's like little kids, you know, once they come and they realize, oh, wow, uh, I don't like it at first. But then they realize there's so much to do. Um, I think it's, it's, they realize, it's like a, an adjustment curve. It definitely is. And all it takes is a good two weeks of a resident being with us to be able to acknowledge that their loved one needed the care. So, so far, um, we've had great success at the community. Um, we've had residents who've moved in and within two, three weeks, the resident loves, loves the community. The families love the community. Um, definitely creating and changing lives at this community. We've only been open for, you know, four months, five months, I would four say. Months. And uh, we have definitely had great success and we continue to and i look forward to help being able to help many more families but we're changing lives day by day that's great well that's the that's the mission and i know you're going to be doing a very soon a podcast with a, a success story podcast yes. and i think that'll be very exciting i'm actually looking forward to to listen to that one since i'm not going to be present but uh, that's great good information i'm sure a lot of people will benefit from this is there anything else that you would like to add uh one quick thing um again the last i want to mention is um the community is a is a beautiful community and it it does look like a high-end hotel uh, just reminding our families is that we can provide a lot of care so it's really just we have coming all the tools. in yes just coming in and talk talking to us placing the initial phone call and letting us know that you need the help and we will guide you every step of the way. So looking forward to more families coming through. Thank Perfect. you, Moti. Thank you and uh, see you soon on the next podcast. Yes, Thank absolutely. you very much. All right, thanks. And that concludes our uh, podcast for with Monica Westphal. Thank you very much.